Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Thanks for checking out the show. Today's episode, we're going to have Turntablist JF on here, talk about his new EP, Believe It or Not. I've also got to talk about Black Widow and a few other things. But before we do that, let's heed the words of our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Relief Factor. Pain from everyday living, exercise, or just getting older is one of the leading causes of trips to the doctor and sleepless nights. Man, I can relate to this. It interferes with daily activities and can even keep us from spending time with the people we love. If you have everyday pain, it stands to reason you need something you can feel comfortable with taking every day. That's why doctors invented 100% drug-free relief factor. Now tens of thousands of customers are using relief factor every day to become mostly or completely pain-free. 100% drug-free relief factor features four key ingredients that each work on a different metabolic pathway to support your body's natural healing process to respond to pain and inflammation. Now you can try Relief Factor 2. The three-week quick start retail price of almost $70 is now available to our listeners of Infinite Banter for just $19.95. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more. Start your journey to better health and less pain today with Relief Factor. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter podcast. Once again, I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Thanks for checking out the show. Been a couple weeks since I did one of these, so welcome back in. Like my man Rakim said, been a long time. I shouldn't have left you, but I'm back. Just so you know, there's going to be a ton of shows in a row here for like the next two months. I don't think I have a free week until September, so just be prepared. You're going to have a lot to listen to. All right. Big up to my last guest, Raph Almighty from Dirt Platoon. Definitely, if you have not done it yet, go check out his new album, 537 Dolphin Street, and you can get that at EliteSoundInternational.com. Today's show, we got Turntablist JF on the show. His new EP, Believe It or Not, is out right now, and he's got some great features on here like Master Ace, Torre, Planet Asia, and a lot more. We're going to talk to him about this EP and just a guy who's just killing it on the tables for years and years and been on stage with some legends, so can't wait to talk to him about that. Also, I want to touch on, I did something I haven't done since this whole pandemic thing started. I went to a movie. So it's been so long, man. We're talking like not quite two years, but at least a year and a half since I've done that. And uh, after the interview with JF, I'll talk about Black Widow. If you don't want to hear about it, I recommend you don't listen because I will spoil it. Although I'll be honest, there's not a whole lot to spoil because I don't think too much really happens that's going to be that monumental. Anyway, (laughs) you're tuned into the Infinite Banter podcast. Check out this show on all social platforms like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Infinite Banter Podcast. You can listen to the show on all the digital platforms, the streaming platforms that you're used to, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And if you go on Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. Same for Podchaser if you do that. We're on Good Pods. Just about everywhere that you could think of, the show is on that platform. And you can also find it on YouTube. Clips from past guests will be on there. Look those up. Get a taste of what we do here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show here. My man JF is coming out. We're going to play a couple tracks from his new EP, Believe It or Not. Talk about Black Widow and a couple other things. But before I do anything, you know, the show doesn't really jump off. It's not official. It's the one and only. The legend from Queens, DMC, says this right here. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. 
you know how we do this thing on here. When you have a music guest on, always try to play a song before to get you excited, get you acclimated, get you ready for the interview with my man JF. Here's a track from his new EP, Believe It or Not. This one right here featuring Master Ace. I mean, you don't get any better than that. This track right here is called Still Friends from his new EP, Believe It or Not. This is JF and Master Ace, Still Friends. And on the other side of this song, we will hear from JF himself. But here we go on the Infinite Banter Podcast. JF, Master Ace from Believe It or Not. This is Still Friends. Friendship is the only choice in life you can make that's yours. You can't choose your family. Friendship is all we have. All we Bottom to the top of the hemisphere Me and you, we go back like a tennis chair Took a whole lot to get us here Some can relate, but none of them was with us there Must have ran 30 blocks in them dirty cops They was pursuing us, hoping they could ruin us And true enough, we boys, yeah, we really boys Despite the chatter, all the talk, all the silly noise We don't move like our women move We set the example and try to help them improve We laid it all on the table that's how we kept us so stable Now we're able I mean we're ready and we're willing Friendship is more than just a feeling It's more than just a vibe It's more like a connection to your tribe Like when you catch your alley off the lob I'm trying to do my job As your friend, your compadre I'm big boy to your Andre Only difference is We gon' hold it together Even when we older than ever Still friends This ain't a sitcom with Courtney Cox and Matthew Perry This is real, here's the deal, you don't have to worry About as real as it gets, real friendship Yeah, we talking real friendship Houdini sang about it, then fell out with their groupmate Why do folks discount it like a group rate? Long as everybody shoots straight You can build a foundation, you can stand on like a soup crate all these sketchy individuals fronting on the ground trying to catch you with the visuals And it all gets messy like residuals Then the girls trying to test you with the pigeon moves But you was there with the right advice Why jump off the roof at the height of life? That's what you told me in the end That's why you'll always be my friend Come on up y'all this is your friendly neighborhood fly guy cool kim aka ny all the ideal and i'm chilling with vanilla ice's number one fan dj soundwave on the infinite banner radio show yeah <laughs>
You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now I'm joined by a turntablist. He's also a podcast host. You've seen him perform live with Rob Swift, tour with Master Ace. His new EP, Believe It or Not, with producer Jay DePina is out right now. Features artists like Master Ace, Torre, Planet Asia, the one and only. Welcome to the show, JF. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Thanks. That was an awful nice introduction. I, I'm, I don't know, normally don't get nice things said about me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure I forgot like 10 things too, man. No, nah, so. that's okay, man. It's all right, man. It just, it, I'm sure one of those 10 have to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> man, for those who aren't familiar with you, man, let heads know, you know, who JF is and how long you've been, you know, doing your DJ turntable thing, man. Well, off and on, I've been doing it since about 1984. I was 15 when I started, um, just started cutting, saw some guys on turntables and was was intrigued by it and then just took an affinity for it and then just basically lived, eat and breathed it for uh for for a couple years um i i got pretty good pretty fast which was dope um when i was 16 i opened up for run dmc when i was 17 i opened up for ll that just blows my um, mind dude i mean what you just yeah said. it was it was crazy you know I, I was like i was in english class handing out you know flyers with my name on it it was pretty dope um <laughs> oh by the way it, it was, ll cool j's on the same stage where i'm gonna be standing yeah yeah, it, it was it was dope, you know. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a good run, and, you know. And, and I I made a couple of records back then, and you know they didn't get much play. I, I'm from upstate New York. I'm not from New York City originally. I'm from upstate, about sixty miles north of a town called Newburgh. And um, gotcha. and so you know I, I was kind of you know the guy up there. Me and this guy Joey T were always on the flyers whenever somebody came to town, and, and we're kind of the de facto. Um, you know monsters up there that nobody kind of wanted to deal with um it, it, it was fun though man it was it was a lot of fun growing up and you know and then, then i ran into some you know personal problems legal problems like the 80s would do to somebody you know i left it alone for a while a long while um probably about 10 years um 10 years later i came back out in 2000 and i wanted to make records so what I did was I started a label called Mona Hip Hop. The first record I put out officially was Planet Asia and Quali, uh, Don't Let Up, it was called. Man. And I had I had the loop and 427, Walt Licker and I um, chopped it up and we made the beat from Don't Let Up. And, and it was just, you know, an instant, it was an instant classic, man. Um, I had heard an Asia record and I was real impressed by it. And obviously, Quali was Quali, and I was impressed. You know, I was right. a Black Star fan. I was listening to Black Star, and I, I was just a big Black Star fan and Quali and most. And I, I really just liked the way they went with it. So I said, "Hey, why don't I? Why don't I bring this guy Asia to New York? Because there was no Pro Tools back then. Why don't I bring this guy Asia to New York and let's get him in the studio with Quali?" So that's what we did. And I was I was actually the first person that ever flew Planet Asia to the East Coast. That's crazy. Um, he introduces me like that every time we're in a place together. <laughs> what is that, like, that what it is? This is the, yeah, he's like, yo, this is the first guy that ever brought me to New York. But I got a lot of love <laughs> for Asia. We go we go back that far, you know. It's it's like, you know, he even said that in the he even said that in the intro to the song we did, um, Stages of Asia. You know, me and this guy go back like twenty years, man. And then it's true. Um, the second record I put out was master ace and guru Man. um talking about some produced, right there yeah yeah produced by paul nice and that and that was called conflict um paul nice and i actually came up together upstate and through paul i got in touch with ace and ace heard that heard the beat that we did it on it was very primo-esque like a lot of underground producers back then and he immediately reached out to guru i don't think guru charged me any money for that 
I mean, just the idea that you're working with Guru, I guess at one end of it, you're like, oh, that's cool, but, you know. <laughs> what would the cost normally be? I guess, but I have no idea, man. I don't know what you know. I don't know what a Guru verse would have cost back then. That was at the height of Gangstar yeah. and the height of you know. And I was doing all my sessions in D and D, so I was kind of in with everybody. You know, I got a lot of funny D and D stories. Man, but, I'm gonna hit you up for I, those I was, too, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I was kind of in with everybody, and um, Guru. I met Guru through Ace, and and Ace put the whole thing together, and that that, that ended up being the second record. And both of those records, I think, made it to number two and number one respectively on the Gavin charts, which were the college radio plays. You know, they got the most ads one week and then, you know, they shot up and they're like one and two. I think, I think don't let up hit number two. And I think number one was, um, and, and I think number one was, was conflict or vice versa. I can't remember anymore. I'm getting old. That's all but right. So, <laughs> so that was, um, that was the second record I put out. And then, um, I flew out to Vegas and I hung out with Asia and, and, and Walt Licker. And, and I said, hey, um, you're signed to Interscope, but why don't we throw something out before you do something with Interscope? And they agreed. So we put out The Last Stand together. Um, that was Asia's last independent EP before he went to Interscope. Right. At that time, it was his last independent. Now, every month, he's making one. It's yeah, unbelievable. Right. He's, he's a he's put one out as you're talking. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, it, it's funny. I'll go, I'll go into what I'm doing in the future, but I'm doing something a full length with, with Asia and... Uh, like he's got something lined up every month until November. Yeah, he don't play. He's releasing something every month until November. But but we're work. We got a, we have three songs done on done on that for for an album we're doing together. Man, um, can't wait for that. But but that was fun. So then you know the whole Black Star thing came around, and I reached out to Jane Doe, and I was doing stuff with Jane, and I ran into Punchline and Wordsworth. So punch of words we all hit it off. Um, words was actually in Cali. He was still doing the lyricist lounge. And he flew back and um, he was supposed to do a session. It was supposed to be a song with him, Punch, and Asia, but he missed his flight. So ah. it was just, so so Asia and Punch did it and it came out great. It was called the Head Honchos. That, that, was, that was a great, that was, that was a classic joint too. And they did that together. But meanwhile, um, we put out a word, Punch of Words project. Uh, the EP, Punchline of Wordsworth, I put out too. Um, and I became their tour DJ, which was a lot of fun. Well, I, I think I, I think I saw seventeen countries with those dudes. That's just crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what was your favorite country? I'll, I'll ask you that real, real quick, right off the top. There. Um, I liked I liked um the prettiest the prettiest place we went was Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite place to rock London was dope, man. Oh yeah, I can imagine. London was dope, but the first night of the tour, we had a, a big venue in London, and that was really just a, a really a dope, a dope show. We flew out a month after 9-11. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, it was kind of, pre it was a precarious situation going imagine. around. And it, yeah, it was pretty, hum one, one of our friends actually met us. He's actually pretty, pretty famous in EMC circles. Uh, Steve, the angry merch guy, anybody who follows uh, Master Ace knows angry merch. He's at all the shows selling, uh, selling stuff. He right. actually flew Air Kuwait over there. I think he got the ticket for like two hundred dollars to go to London after nine eleven. Nobody was flying Air Kuwait. No, and two hundred dollars—that's no. a hell of a deal, yeah. man. Yeah, he got a great deal on. I don't know <laughs> what the actual amount was, but it was—he's pretty cheap anyway. So, so he got a pretty good deal on that. But it was pretty. But that was um—that was a great tour. That was a disposable arts tour. 
Um, the one Ace of my Pedestal favorite Ace albums. Wars. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that was a, that was really his comeback, really where he started. And, yeah. and it's funny because it, that album was mind blowing. But I think every album he's put out since has been better. You might be right. It, that might have been like the, the stepping stone <laughs> to where he is now yeah. and everything in between. You're right about that. That's a good point. I but, mean that, that that the falling season is unbelievable. The one with the one with with um, uh, Marco Polo, the one that just came out is great. Son of Yvonne is great. I mean, Long Hot is great. Uh, I, I mean, every yeah, single one hot, of those. Yep. That OG stuff he's done, yeah. I mean, just it just goes on and on. They get better and better, you know, and and it's it's hard to find a rapper who gets better and better. He he, Asian words seem to get better and better with age, and and you don't find that in many people. Those are guys I just like listening to. I'm really a fan of those three dudes. You know, everybody on the album I'm a fan of. Torre, I reached out to Torre. I don't really know Torre that well. I know him from cookouts and going to Ace shows. And, you know, I've seen him personally, you know, five, six times at the most. And I reached out for a song on the album and, and he came right back at me. He says, sure, no problem. You know, and and it, it, that, that was pretty cool. But, you know, most of these guys on, on the EP, I'm really just friends with. Oh, just man. absolutely, you know, like friends with. Just like, hey, you know, hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, OK, we'll hang out. You know, game night or something. You know, I, like I hang out with all these dudes. Um, Asia's on the West Coast, so it's a little more difficult. But, but yeah, I see everybody else pretty regularly. Jay Dupina, Jay Dupina, um, did all the tracks on the EP. And the funny thing about Dupina is Ace found him. Ace sent me a um, we, Ace and I. This started out as Ace and I were going to do a song. Um, and he found the beat from Jay Dupina, and I had three or four producers lined up, and Jay Dupina sent me a a a folder of beats and ace picked his beat and then i sent out the three or four producers you know the shower made nameless to to the um right to the to the to the to the rappers and all of them picked jay dipina beats that's something it wasn't right like yeah it's not like i only had beats from him you know and 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 that grumpy old bastard was happy for a minute like he never gets happy <laughs> and he was actually happy for a few minutes which was nice to see you know he actually smiled i think there you go but he but but i met him you know i, I basically i didn't know him at all and i think since the ep we have six i think i've done 10 songs with him now man and where's the peanut from done, where's he uh located he's from he's from rhode island he's from up okay. in Pawtucket. you know he says stuff like wicked smart and you know he doesn't have any age or any art <laughs> he's got that almost that boston slang guy. yeah i got you he's, he's a great guy like, he's, <laughs> and he's, he's 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 reliable and every single person i worked with i think words turned around his song in 36 hours I think I had I had Asia song back in forty eight hours hours. I mean, these guys were just, but it was the pandemic too. So yeah. you know, people were just looking for stuff to do, and this really is purely a product of the pandemic. I mean, I was doing I was doing gigs with Rob and and Sinister, Rob Swift and Mister Sinister, like two three times a month. You know, just uh, almost every week doing shows for them with them. You know, in Philly, we're in New Haven, we're you know we're upstate, we're in the city a few times a month. It's like we were doing shows all over, and then once the pandemic came, I was like, "What am I going to do? There's no battles." You know, I came back. You know, I, I was a 50 year old battling, which was fun. Um, doing DMC at doing doing <laughs> DMC awesome, at 50. Man. Yeah, that that'll humble you pretty quick. Doing DMC at 50, let me tell you. But um, <laughs> but, but 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 Rob was really, you know, just my coach, and like, you know, and and he and I, I mean, that that's my guy too. Um. And I, you know, I hit up Total Eclipse for that scratch song, and they, they absolutely destroyed me. By the way, well, of course, um, you know, when you're you're, yeah, when you're yeah. older, you know, you're, you get the cramp in your arm, you can't quite flex. Yeah, the I wrist got like I got absolutely to. smashed on this, and they're, they're they're about the same age as me. It's a nice try, but, but they, um, <laughs> they 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 totally and absolutely obliterated me on that song. The working title of that song until we had the hook was called "My Funeral." 
Oh, for real? Uh, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got destroyed on that. But but that that turned out really good, man. And it's a great a introduction classic. to the EP, man. It's a great way to yeah, kick it you know, off to let I heads know, like, here that. we go. Yeah, there, there was you know there was a risk to that. That it's funny you say that because I wanted to start it off with pure hip hop, and there was a risk to doing that because I didn't want people to listen to it and think the whole record was scratch songs. True, I can see that, right? You know, I, I I was kind of I was kind of leery about that that the whole re- and then I was hoping well maybe they'll see the names of the rest of the guys and realize that Master H isn't scratching you know and and words isn't scratching right and, and then they'll get it but but I wanted to start it with that because like you said it set the tone to me too um, it really set the tone for me um, I I named it believe it or not because I'm a 52 year old in the basement believe it or not I made a I made an EP. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of, that kind of fell into it. Plus, I wanted to name it something that I actually scratched, and I scratched the hook on that with words. But, but it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun to make. It was a lot of fun to get accolades for it, which was even better. Uh, but I made something I wanted to hear. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, no I, doubt. Yeah, talk about the concept of the album, like how you came up with the idea for this. Like, was it just like, okay, I got some, like you said, you got some friends, put a, put a record out. But obviously, there's some concepts, ideas, and and some fluidity to it. So obviously, like you said, the back to basics with the, the cut and scratching to start it off and picking the different I, I, artists. I think, I think what I really wanted to do um, was make it all the same, but different at the same time. If that makes any sense. I wanted it to fit together in the boom bap realm, but not sound alike. Gotcha. Do, do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't want everything to sound alike. And it's funny because, that shows that shows the diversity and the and the 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 flexibility of Jay DePina because he made every one of those beats and they really don't sound the same. None of the rappers sound the same, uh, but but it all has that same that same. If you're a real hip hop head our age, you have to like that EP. If you don't, I don't know what you're <laughs> without a doubt. You you have no business saying you like hip hop and not yeah, being a fan of the, the, know, the artists that are on there and what's yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, are, are you a JJ Fad fan? I, I mean, you know, what were you really what what hip hop were you talking about when you said you were a hip hop fan? Yeah, and that's fine. You know, and some people's idea you might be a rap music fan, but if you're a hip hop fan, then the, the, the my EP kind of kind of resonates with you. So, so the, it worked out, you know. I, the funny part is, I didn't even pitch it to Fat Beats myself. Rob, Rob had a record coming out too. I think he made three albums last year. The pandemic really helped him too. But, but he, uh, Rob Swift had a had a project coming out, and I was like, hey, I'm done with mine. Why don't you see if Fat Beats wants it? And they, I, they listened to it one time and took it which I thought was pretty interesting, but I, I didn't even, I didn't even negotiate or anything with them. I just, you know, it belonged at Fat Beats. Uh, the records I made in the, in the 2000s should have been um, at Fat Beats, but I went with Landspeed. Oh, I got you. Right. Oh, Landspeed. Another... I haven't heard that word in a while. Yeah. Landspeed. Yeah. 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 Going that, back. yeah. Yeah. I, I went with Landspeed who really only paid Freddie Fox by threat of death. Um, I don't think he paid anyone else. <laughs> so he paid Bump just because of the threat of death. Well, yeah, so, you don't so. want to mess with Bump's money. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Or anything else in Bump's. Uh, is, is anything. <laughs> I would say his lunch, anything. I, I think I, I think it's probably not good for your for your well-being. No. <laughs> 
but but I I I went with I went with Fat Beats. I'm happy I did. Um, they pressed up some CDs. They're available now. Um, at Fat Beats, all over actually. You can go anywhere. You get them F Y E's website, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. They're selling it everywhere. They they really have great worldwide distribution. So they did some they did some um, physical product. I think we're going to do vinyl. Um, the vinyl factories are so backed up that they're saying it's the end of the year before any vinyl is going to get really pressed. man. That's yeah, crazy. So, yeah. So yeah. So I'll have two more albums out by then. Right. So, so we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with that. But, but yeah, I, I'm happy, I'm happy to work with them. Um, I have a good relationship with them and, and really, you know, this wasn't done for monetary gain either. This kind of was to just, like I said, it was to fill the void from from not battling and not doing shows. So and something good came out of COVID, is what it sounds like. like yeah, yeah, like yo, man, I, you know, I, I, I made, you know, and I, I, I say this in a lot of my, in a lot of my um, podcasts and things like that. I say it on Lachey show. Don't be Al Bundy, man. You know, don't sit there and talk about those four touchdowns you scored in a touchdown <laughs> in a high school game. You know, right. you, you don't want to say, I remember when I or I used to, you know, and it was like I was sitting there like, hey, I made good records. I'm like, well, why don't why can't I make good records now? That's true. You know, why why can't I make them? And, and I had never focused on myself. I was always behind the scenes, like all those all those records that I named before. You know, my name was on it in very small print. And I never stepped up and said, hey, you know, I'm the guy who's doing the cuts or I'm the guy who put this all together. You know, I was just okay with that. And but now I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go get some. I, I'm gonna promote myself and do it for me. And and it was it was actually pretty dope, man. It, it was it's it's been a fun experience. Hey, everybody, listen. Get your hand out your pants. Don't be like Al Bundy. Stop yeah, watching. Yeah, man. Al Bundy. Yo, the, 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 I think Shakespeare, one of those guys, said that the lowest form of conversation starts with "Remember when." Wow. <laughs> I never, you know what, man, you might be onto something. That, that, that's true. That's true, dude. Yeah, I, I can man. see that. Yo, I used to be dope. I used to this. I used to that. You know, and 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 I, I kind of fell into that with the battling and the routines and doing table turns and stuff. You know, oh, I used to do this. I used to do that. I, I hooked up with Rob and was like, yo, I want to be dope again. And he was like, let's go. And man. and we just we just he worked. He's 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 a safe driver. Let me tell you. Well, yeah, he's obviously one of the all-time greats. How did yeah, you guys all hook up, the executioners? How did you guys meet up, man? Well, I, I knew um, I, I'm, I, I know DJ AV who knows everybody. Um, AV is a, is a legend here in New York. Um, if you watch the old Rock Raider videos and the covers and stuff, he did all the Raiders stuff. Um, he did a lot of Rob Swift covers back in the day. He's a DJ himself. He used to battle all those guys and really – Saying I know AV is kind of like you know the 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 platinum card in hip hop. Got you, got you. Look, we went to we went to a Juice Crew show. We went to a Juice Crew show in Philadelphia reunion show, um, and we walked in. It was me, Shay, who I had a major day, major deal. Master Ace was Master Ace. My wife and AV and everybody recognized AV before anybody else. See. There you go. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. In case you weren't sure where you were on the on the total yeah, pole yeah. of like who's important in this crew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he he's he's that dude. And you know, I called I, I called Rob and I said, Hey, you know, you know, we might have met in passing one or two times years and years ago. And we just really he just he liked it that I wanted to do it and I was really just into it. And the Brolic Army really became our thing. Um he's killing it with the Brolic Army. He's got a good DJ school. He could teach anybody how to DJ. If he could teach fifty-year-old me how to get a table turns and smash it, he could teach anybody. Man. So, so that that but that that worked out great, man. And and 
really DJing is the backbone of this, man. And, Without a doubt. Without and, a doubt. And, and I think I think DJs DJing the two hardest the three the the easiest thing to do when you look at the four pillars of hip hop is rap. Anybody can rap. Yeah. But not everybody can graffiti, not everybody can break dance, and not everybody can DJ. That's true. Although everybody and, and, seems to have a you know a DJ thing now with their laptops and stuff. But yeah, you're talking yeah, about the real not, technical I'm stuff. Talk, yeah, you're I'm talking, talking about, about turntablism. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not talking about CDJs or anything. I mean, like right, right. really DJ. You know, like those are the three hardest things coming up, man. And it was like the graffiti is just an amazing art form to me. That to me, that is the graffiti and breakdancing are just as important as as rapping the hip hop in my opinion yes, and, and 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 those rapping is the easiest thing to do i'm not i'm probably going to get beat up for that i'm going to say now you now you got to bust the rap you got to prove how easy it yeah, is right? i'll never get a fr- <laughs> never get a free ra- i'll never get a free record again in life they're going to tell me now well now you, you know since it's so easy do it yourself tough uh, guy, there but, it is. But, but yeah put yourself in a but corner yeah. jay <laughs> yeah <laughs> man yeah, i got to ask you so, so obviously you know, you go way back with DJing and everything. I, I always wanted to ask somebody like yourself this. With technology mm-hmm. changing as much as it has over the years, you know, from when you first started, you know, do you remember the first turntables you had? And then you yes, you compare that to what you're doing now and then the transition from, like, you know, Serato and everything. How's that been, man, the pros and cons of that? I mean, just, you know, the, going from vinyl and not having vinyl and such. It's, it's got to be a crazy transition to see it from the beginning like you did to where we're at today. There are way more pros, man. Um, there are way more pros. I don't know if you know what it was like to do a party with 12 crates of records, yeah. but that shit was horrible. <laughs> carrying two, carrying two boxes of records through customs. Um, and rappers, rappers never help you carry records. I don't know if <laughs> another thing that's easy, but they don't do it. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if they get taught that in rapper school. Or what the deal is. If there's like a class and making the DJ work hard at rapper school or what the deal is there, man. <laughs> but but I, 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 I think they don't help carry turntables. They don't help carry records. And it's just like uh, the, the prima donna rappers, they really just don't help at all. Wow. Very rarely. Very rarely. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm, funny, like, and I'm going to go on. Uh, they teach them that in, in, in rapper school or something, man. So <laughs> another thing, you know. One thing I always, I was a technical guy, man, and I was never one who was sold on the, oh, I can rock a party and, oh, I have records you don't have, so I'm doper than you. No, you're doper than me when you can cut faster than me and do things I can't do. Having records doesn't mean you're doper than me. And Serato equalized everything. Everybody's got that acapella. Everybody's ah. got this record. Every so now it kind of it, it it makes the it makes the playing field level. So that I that I like about Serato. And what I also like about the technology is I just made a whole EP and am, and almost done with another album and halfway done with another album, and I haven't gone to the studio. Man, just more efficient. Yeah, I it, see. It, it total eclipse. Dude, total eclipse was in Australia. Total Eclipse lives in Australia. He, I got the beat. I sent him the beat. He put his verse on with the cuts. Rob put his on with the cuts. Um, I put mine on with the cuts. And it, the song was done. The only time I sent it to the studio was my engineer, who happens to be a producer. Shout out to Jarzilla, by the way, who's my guy. Um, he, 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 I sent it to him in the studio. He mixes it, sends it back to me. 
I don't like it. This is too high. This is too low. He fixes it. Sends it back. Still too high. Still too low. Sends it back. Boom. I didn't leave the house one time to go to the studio for this whole project. Now that's, think about that. That's that's technology at its finest right here. Are you talking about another country too? Someone from another how country. How can I and, complain? Yeah. How can how can I complain? Right, right. You know, you and if you complain about technology, then you know, what are you really doing? Oh, everybody's got the same records. Dude, you built your living on just having exclusive records. That's not talent. It, it, it's not. You know, there's a different, you know, we did it, we did a, a gig with Diamond D. Um, he played only 45s. When, when he did the gig, yeah. we were in Interboro in Brooklyn. It was Rob Swift and Friends with, with, with Diamond D. Um, he was killing me with the 45s he played. That's dope. You see, to, to yeah. dig and go do that with the 45s, that's dope on occasion. But but people don't care what you're playing and what format you're playing it in when it comes down to it. But an eclectic guy like me, an esoteric guy like me, I'm like, hey, wow, Diamond D really just pulled out, you know, a a fucking Bobby McFerrin acapella at 45. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, what the hell, man? Like he actually, he actually had me going to Shazam to see what he was playing. And that doesn't happen often, but they're few and far between those guys, right. man. Diamond right. D is great like that. Um, Pete Rock, Pete Rock did a great show there. We we had a spot in Brooklyn called Interboro. I think Pete Rock, Static Selector, Evil D, Rich Medina. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving people out. They they all came and rocked there, man, and it was dope. Like like every other Friday, we were over there and just killing it. And the pandemic shut all that down. And you mentioned Pete Rock. That's when I first noticed the change in the in the way DJs would set up for like a show because that's the first time I saw somebody show up for its set and all he had was a hard drive or flash drive hanging around his neck. And I was like, man, that's that's crazy. He doesn't really crazy. This is going back like 15 years ago. And I'm like, that's right. awesome because he just jumped on a plane. He's gonna go somewhere else, and everything is around his neck. He doesn't need yeah. seven crates and you know one of those big boxes you know it's made out of steel so the records now don't break. now one thing vinyl doesn't crash <laughs> i've <laughs> yeah. never had a vinyl record get a virus that's <laughs> you said it there man yeah ever ever yeah. so that's you know that's one of the cons you know you, you really have to have backups for your backups for your backups you know almost have two laptops you know if you're really gigging like pete and preem do you know, you really, you got to be to the point where like, yo, I'm I'm ready for all bad scenarios. Worst case scenarios, here I am, here's another laptop, boot it up. Because you never know what you're going to get. So yeah, you just don't know. Man. You know, you, you don't know. And that, that's the only bad part about that. But then again, you can lose your records too. So what's the difference? Right, right. It's a lot easier to lose the uh, flash drive than it is to uh, create yeah, a record. Yeah, and to have a computer problem, you know, and, yeah. and to have a computer problem. Um I, I did a I did a show. Um, Ace needed to fill in right before the right before the shutdown in New Haven, and I had a problem with the mixer. I was using a Rain sixty two, and and I was having trouble getting it to work. And um, I called Rob. He was my technical guy. I was like, Hey, Rob, what did I do? He's like, Well, try this button and that button, and it ended up working. But it's like that. That's just like you never know, man. It's like the Serato wasn't speaking to the sixty two or something, and it was just like, Oh man, like back in the old days, you just. I just showed up with rec records, needles, and I was done. Man, do you remember the first couple records you had? The ones that really were part of your initial set? Oh, the first two, the first song I had doubles of was um, "Forget Me Not." Oh, that nice. was the first song. Uh -huh. And 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 Beach Street was in there too. The um, the Melly Mel song, which by the way is still oh, it's I don't still listen to that record. Yeah, man, I don't know if you listen to that record. The shit he's saying in that record is still relevant. It's incredible. Melly Mel was dope, man. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I played it. I know I have the vinyl somewhere. It's got that blue 
cover. Yeah, if you listen yeah. to that, man, if you listen to that, you'd be like, yo, this guy's really talented. It's still, it's still relevant and pertinent, man. It's like, it's crazy. Melly Mel's a dope dude, man. Everyone gives him credit for the message, and the message was great. But I think Beat Street was a better record. Just as bars wise, bar wise. I'm gonna have to, you know like, what? I'm gonna have to go back and, and see that because yeah, obviously the out, message man. is, you know, the all time classic song, got yeah, him in the Hall of Fame and everything. And yeah. You could say you could say it's the best song ever, and and I probably couldn't argue, but but bar for bar, that fucking Beat Street song is crazy. Man, it, that and that one's deep too. It's not just, you know, a bunch of, yeah, bunch of like rhymes. Flies yeah. on their faces, they're living like mice, and the houses even make the ghetto look nice. Yo, that <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that Yo, makes like, you put the pen down like I don't think I could do this rapping thing. <laughs> yo, yeah, yo. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a point. Uh, when I turned 50 years old, um, my wife set it up like it was a gig in the city with Robin, Robin Sinister. It was just gonna be like a Brolic Army gig, and it was on my birthday. It was coincidence or whatever. But it happened to be a surprise party, and my wife actually got Rakim to come do it. Wow. Yeah. So Rakim did my 50th birthday party, Dude. and the cool part was, you know, Rakim actually cuts in his um, he cuts and scratches in his show. Yeah, I've so, seen him a couple times get back there, and uh, so there was no Eric B, so Robin. somebody had to go back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was a round robin, and we did it. It was Technician. Technician is, was his DJ that night. It was me, Technician, Master Ace, Rob, Sinister, and Rock Kim going round and round, like just cutting and, and taking turns. It was, it was really crazy. dope, man. And it but, never stops. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, Rakim's a, Rakim's a great dude, man. But but I was, what I was, was going to say was I remember going to a gig. The first time, and I was in the back seat of a car. We had loaded up the records and everything. We were on our way to this gig, and 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 Red or Chuck was playing it. Molly Molly was playing. I don't know. And that dude said, "I start to think, and then I sink into the paper like I was ink. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line. I skate. When I finish the rhyme, I got soul. And I looked at my dude. I said, "Yo, I'm glad I don't rap." <laughs> I, I said, "I'm glad I'm a DJ, man, because that shit there, that dude is no one seeing that dude, man." Nobody is seeing that dude. I was like, you know, and, and I'm sure people felt the same way when they heard Melly Mel. And, you know, even even back further than that, Kaz. You know, when people heard yeah. Kaz, they were probably like, yo, I can't rap like that. But that damn rock can change the game, man. He, to me, every top five list should start at two. Because <laughs> <laughs> we already know one. Yeah, to me, one is understood, man. You like you can you can you can argue with me about two, three, four, and five, but you're not gonna ever argue with me about one because that dude there changed the game. I was there when he changed it, man. It's like like Young LL changed it too, but Rakim is the greatest, man. Yeah, like, for he, me, it's he, always he, been Rakim and KRS One. KRS is a monster too. Like and, and and there's like certain people you can you can argue with. You know, Kane is dope. Yeah. Kane's show is great. KRS's show is great. Um, Young LL is dope. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great rappers, man. Young LL, oh, that that slow rock the bell song, may be the best thing ever written by someone not named Rakim. Yeah, that's. But it, I can't argue I, that one either, man. That's a he <laughs> murdered that man. It's like a Peruvian rock cocaine's a quaalude. My God. And he's like that, 15 that, that, years old doing that, 16? Yeah, he yeah. was young, man. He was, he was young. We were we're about the same age. So when we did the show together, we were both like 17 or 18 back then. And um and he was just he was he was a monster then. He was still he had rock the bells out and everything at that point. So he, he was a beast. Talk about that. How did you how did you end up doing stuff with at Run DMC and LL on stage? How did that happen? How did they get you to I just I just I just started doing local parties. Man, okay. And just 
going up the ranks and the guy who was promoting wanted to sign me and he signed me and and then i got in with the crew and we were making records and he was managing us. his name is steve lucas who by the way ended up being the uh president of uptown for a while and um i think he manages akon now okay but yeah wow. he um he was a local dude from up there and he um he was friendly with with everybody. He was friendly with all the all the dudes in the industry, and they would just come up and do shows. And he just put me on every flyer. One because I was dope, and two because I worked for practically free. So, yeah, well, that's always that's always the right price when it comes to <laughs> yeah, free, yeah, yeah, free, man, ninety nine. I got. And speaking of so DJs, I, I I can't let you you know not talk about Jam Master Jay because he's he's basically like my inspiration for doing anything on on the two turntables, man. What's it like to seeing Jay up there when you're young cat coming um, up jam master jay changed my life um i saw the way that he performed with rappers i've seen it i i had seen it with flash but the way that jay did it really changed i looked at how to be a dj um right and and i always wanted like to me djing for rappers is my favorite part that's why punching words for me was such a great draw because they were so so good i happen to be a grateful dead fan um, which probably is weird until I explain it to you. That's all right. <laughs> but 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 it, it's a lot of improvisation. Gotcha. It's a lot of jamming. Yeah. It's a lot of it, it's a lot of fluidity. And I tried I tried to mix the Grateful Dead with Jam Master Jay for Punch of Words shows because it was always different. The Dead shows are always different, and Words was always different. Punch was always different. The dude just rhymed. Over, they just kept going. They, they just kept going. I mean, we didn't know we were going on, so I had about four instrumentals, and, and the dude just didn't stop rhyming. Wordsworth is, Wordsworth is the best off the top of the head I've ever seen in life. I will put money up against anybody in the world. Uh-huh. Super Nat, Craig G, whoever you want to give me, Juice, your guy in Chicago. Yeah, Juice. Whoever yeah. you want to bring, uh-huh. whoever you want to bring off the top, I got my money on words. Because <laughs> I, I just, I've seen it all over the world. Yeah. He never loses. He, he's he's un, he's unreal. But but Jay really did change the way I looked at things, man. And and the DJ, he was such an integral part of Run DMC. Um, what a shame. What what a shame he's no longer with us. Yeah, man, and uh, you know he's just. I think what he did, obviously, what he, he took it to a, a different level. Like the whole idea of a DJ being a band. I mean, he definitely one hundred percent did that. And he he Howie T and Grand Mixer DST to me, um, they really molded young 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 me. Um, that that was that was where I really kind of stole all of my all of my cuts and swagger and and. And the way I did things was from those three. Grand Mixer DST is very underrated. Yes, big time. Very, very, very underrated. Um, he did Rocket, and people think that's all he did, but but DST really was a monster. Um, and Howie T, people sleep on Howie T too. Yeah, Howie. I mean, great stuff with Chub Rock, and yeah, Howie T. Yeah, I just the, the the real Roxanne, the 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 songs he did with Real Roxanne and Full Force. Those cuts are just like so clean and so so different, man. It's like it's like they 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 really were a breath of fresh air. You know, and and people give Mixmaster Ice a lot of credit, and I like Ice too, but but all of those da, 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 that was all DST years earlier. You know, all those stabs, you know, those eighth note stabs, they're all that's all that's all DST, man. He really he was doing all that shit, and people didn't even realize it, man. Check out Crazy Cuts by DST, man. His 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 cuts are just so clean, man, and I think that was eighty. I think that was eighty three. I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, crazy cuts by DST. It's all over. You, you'll be yeah. able to check it out. But he he just really it's a, it's 
it, it's really just a tour de force of fucking scratches in 1983. Man, it's just he was just don't remember the mixes didn't have contours on them and 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 the needles, you know, it was a whole <laughs> different ball game back then. It was a whole different ball game back then. Yeah, it was. It was obviously like at the very early stages of this whole game. So like the idea that they're doing things that you know, somebody could even do now with the right technology and the right equipment. He's also at the end of Wild Style. Um, in the movie, uh, when the credits roll, he's cutting Good Times. Oh, that that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he destroys that too. Yeah, he absolutely destroys that too. But th- those are my three. Those are like if I had to say who are my three in my formative years. Um, it would have to be them. And then as I got older and I really, you know, in the second stage, it's definitely the executioners. Um, all oh, yeah. Them, all of them. Uh, and, 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 and Rob, Sin, Eclipse, Rock Raider, Rest in Peace, Boogie Blind, and Precision. All of them are just monsters, man. All six of them. They're probably the best ever. Man. And I'm a huge and I'm a huge fan of Q and Shortcut and of course D Styles. The funny part, I actually asked D Styles to be on that record, but he was busy. Thank God he wasn't. Oh my God, I, I'd have been even. I, I don't think I would have put the record out. I, I think I would have been totally embarrassed and ashamed of my performance. I'm like, dude, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't put this record out. Man. I wouldn't have been able to put that record out, man. He would have destroyed. It. But yeah, the, the, those guys. I'm a huge fan of them too. Just what I relate, I relate to the X just a lot more, just for the way they are. And then there's other dudes who are out now too. You know, there's a dude named Bombirdo who's an absolute beast. Um, there, there's just a lot of dope, dope DJs out, man, and it's fun to watch. It's man. fun to watch. And talk about the uh, the cover of your album too. I mean, speaking of DJing, it's it's somebody's holding the phone and they're seeing you up on stage. Right. That's just that's yeah. just awesome. Obviously, with everything going on, I can't remember the last time I've been to a damn concert. So yeah, it's just cool seeing and, that. And it's funny, it, you know. I see so many of my I see so many of my videos when I'm doing when I'm doing routines and stuff, and so many people are holding cameras. Um, the funny part is my brother actually did that cover. My brother's actually a professional comic book artist. Oh man. Does, yeah, he does. He gets contracts with like upper deck and tops trading cards and stuff. And he actually, he'll, he'll do limited edition stuff for them. And he has his own comic book lines and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, he, my brother did actually did that. He didn't do it for free just for the record. <laughs> but yeah, but, he, but my, my brother, my brother did a lot of stuff for Rob too. If you notice Rob in my, if you look at Rob's last five or six releases, I think my brother's done all of them for him. And so so we kind of, um, he, he he does Rob's too. He probably did Rob a better, get a better price than me. Man, well, I'm a comic book nerd, so I definitely need to check out these covers yeah, and compare his, them and his see. Is, um, it's cool as heck. K-O-O-L-A-S-H-E-C-K on Instagram. It's cool as heck. He um Yeah, he's a real talented dude. He's been doing that his whole life. He's, he's been drawing comics really since we were kids. Man. But yeah, he's um yeah he he he's 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 pretty dope. Man, but yeah, man. I thought he 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 hooked that cover up. The animation art that I don't know if you saw the the um promo that we did that really brought the cover out too. I, I was like I was that was pretty dope. Yeah, the technology. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that the Planet Asia the one was cool too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's the one. That's the that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, cool. this whole album, yeah. this EP, I should say, is, is so damn good. And I was gonna say, you brought you up Torre that nighttime. That that's that joint might be my favorite joint on here. It's hard. It's hard to you pick know, just one, but that one really caught I'm, me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, my son is is just turned sixteen, and he he's put out about four or five EPs himself. Like like he he makes music. He plays guitar. He plays the drums. He records himself. He makes beats. He raps. He sings. So he does a lot of stuff. He's down here in, the, in our quote unquote studio all the time. So he was recording my cuts 
just laying them out for me and everything, you know, because I was used to going to a, a studio, having an engineer cut them. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to recording myself. I've never done that before. <laughs> so, so that song has an eight bar bar gap and I wanted to make it a verse instead of just making a scratch hook. I, I wanted to, I wanted to make it all rhyme and that absolutely destroyed our working relationship here. He and I, because I, it was so much work to do that. And, and he was like, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I'm so tired of this. Can't you do it yourself? So I was like, come on, we're almost done. We're almost done. So it took a long time to do that, to do that scratch hook. So after it was so bad, he told me he was never going to work with me again. So I actually cashed out the little, little fucker some money, right? <laughs> you know, you know, he sent it back to me and said, I don't want your money. I just don't want to work with you. Again. Man. So, so that song destroyed my destroyed my professional relationship. There's a lot. There's a lot of closeness that became unclose. It sounds like yeah. some, it's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was he was absolutely tired of that. But yeah, that song when he sang at the end, like, dude, that threw me off. That I was song, like, whoa, I didn't you know it got down like that. I was expecting um, a Torre, you know, hard street type song, and and it is a street song. It is a street type song, but. But he really, he, he laced me, man. Tori really hit me off. You know the song that gets the most love that you wouldn't expect is Pearl Gates. Yeah, that um, one's growing on me too, man. I, it's yo, good, yeah, yeah, man. Pearl Gates is about 26 years old, bro. Jeez. And and he he did he did a uh, an album called Champion Sounds with um with words. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with Ace, and he's like always around. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I want a song with Gates. Um, he sings. He's he's just a real talented dude, and he he ripped that man. That that's really people people talk about that song as much as any other song on the on the on the EP, as much as any other one. They're like, I'm like, what's your favorite? They're like, you know what? I I, I like Nine Lives, man. And I'm like, wow. You know, that's it's not that I didn't expect Gates to come with it. I just didn't expect him to really be amongst the the oh man that song is great you know yeah. and and i liked it when we were making it i, I did the cuts on that about 30 times i didn't know what to cut so <laughs> that, that, that was the i think that one that one in the executioners um even though torre took the longest i think those were the toughest ones for me and, and, and like the ace one ace sent me the song and i was like do you really you know i don't know what to cut on this man this song doesn't even fit on the ep and it was like you know now now mind you i, I vacation with ace um, our families are always together for birthdays. Uh, his wife and my wife get along very, very well. Um, we're we're family more than friends, really. Um, right. Christmas is together. Thanks, you know, like like we're really, really close. And and I'm talking. I'm like, you know, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I don't know what to cut. Every every song about friendship is about, you know, all hip hop songs are about drugs and dying and friends. And I'm like, I don't know what to cut. He's like, look, think outside the box. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I remember where I was the moment I realized. I was sitting at a red light, not far from my house, and I realized I was now arguing with Master Ace on what was a good song and how to make one. <laughs> that there you go, man. <laughs> and I said, you know what, you know what, man, let's forget we had this conversation. I'm gonna go work on that. And I went and I found movie. Those are all movie lines um, that I cut. They were from um, a movie called Tequila Sunrise, something from The Wire. And New Jack City. Yeah. I think those are the three that I use. The Wire and, one. I'm a big fan. So I definitely caught that one as soon as I heard. Yeah, it. I was like, yo, I was, I was like, um, so I, and that, that ended up coming great. That's one of my favorite records on the on the on the thing. So, so I, I was like, that ended up. I, I like them all. You know, like I like all the songs. I, I like of all course. the songs. I like all the versions. I, I really like. I just, I, I don't know what if I had to name a favorite. I don't know if I have. 
Well, it shows the strength of it, though, because, you know, on the surface, like, oh, Planet Asia, Master Ace, those are the easy songs to, like, automatically as a fan be like, I'm going to gravitate towards these. But when I get into, like, the Torre joint and the one you're talking, you know, these other songs, I mean, they it just shows that it's a full, six, yeah, it's well strong. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. so, too. And yeah. instead of making nine songs and three of them were shitty, I was like, I'm just putting out six bangers. And I have friends, and I have rapper yeah. friends who I didn't speak to and I didn't ask to do it. And it was like... I kind of felt bad, but then I was like, hey, man, I really just wanted to put out a classic joint and do it quickly and, and do it kind of the way I wanted to do it. And and everybody I chose to work with was easy to work with. And that was the that was the important part, too. Plus, you got more coming out. There's more opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, the two the two projects I have coming out now are um, I'm doing a we have I was actually working on the song before I called you. Um, I have four songs five songs now five songs done with with words um we have two more coming and that's going to be that's going to be an album me and words so jf and wordsworth and then i have three songs done with asia which probably isn't going to come out till november because of his release schedule so we have four more songs to do and then i'll have a full album with him so it's going to be an album jf and wordsworth and then a jf and planet asia man any chance you get rascal on a, on a track on there with that maybe asia? That, that that's, that's i'm, always, I'm that's waiting for that kelly agents <laughs> reunion yeah, man i actually i actually could speak to him i you know there are no guest appearances as of now pro gates might come into a hook on the words record got you um and right now i don't think there's going to be any guest appearances on the asia Dude, I have no problem with just fire. I, I love listening to Asia rap, man. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm really still a fan of Asia. Like, like he'll put records out, and I'll send him text messages. He said something about um the other, in his Holy Water EP or album, he, he said uh something about chicks who live with their grandmother are always the wildest. <laughs> And I like, like I'll send him, you know, I'll send him a text like, "Yo, you're right. The girls who live with their grandmother were always wild." And he'll just laugh, man. It's like, like I listen to his songs. Like some of them are like four years old, and I'll hit him up, and he'll know exactly what I'm talking about, man. But that dude, he and words write every single day. Man, he said something they on write, anchovies that had me cracking about fish sticks or something. <laughs> yo, he's a, he, he's unbelievable, man. You got the shit he says is just he's just really, really good and very smart. And, and, you know, I saw him say something on a, um, on an IG live not too long ago where he said, you know, I have a lot of white fans because I just don't talk about, I, I just don't talk about, you know, having stuff and, and, and cars and gold and jewelry. I do talk about that sometimes, but I don't just talk about that because all white kids grew up with that. And I was like, wow, that's pretty deep, man. He, he's, man. he's like, cause they're used to that. Like all the stuff that we're aspiring for, they've had already. So you have to go beyond that. And I was like, wow, that's really, that's really, he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. He's just always been a smart dude, man. He, he's, um, he, and his business is, business is really on point, man. He, uh, he's, he's trying to put out records every month. Yeah. He's just every grinding hard, month. man. He, and and all of it's quality grinding. material, man. And, and it's all quality. That's the crazy part. His bars never sound the same. He's, he's, he's just good. Words is the same way. Words on an album of his own and album with me. Now he's working on, and he teaches, he's a school teacher. Just well is actually a school teacher. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you know. He told me once, and I didn't know whether to believe him or not. But he went to uh, Old Westbury up here in New York, SUNY Old Westbury. It's actually a a, a black SUNY school. And he told me that he wrote all his papers in rhyme. And he's never lied to me before, <laughs> so I would have to say that's probably true. What I were his grades? Doing that. <laughs> uh, he, he graduated. Yeah, there you go. Right. So <laughs> yeah, he, got, he went. He actually went on to get a master's at the University of Miami, which is pretty dope. But yeah, words is a. Words, words is a dope guy. Ace is a college graduate too. Um, I mean, Torrey's got does radio. He does a radio show. 
Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild, man. It's like these, you know, dudes really are just, just, just killing it. If you know, Ace, what kind of Broadway play? I mean, it's just fun to watch, man. It's, it's fun to watch dudes just kind of, just kind of grow with it and get better, man. Like every one of those dudes on there have, have better records than they would have made 20 years ago. And that's hard to find. No, that's, that's very hard to do. When you talk about albums that you got coming out, I, I read here that there's something from D and D studios that you worked on that's unreleased. That might be coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's going to be the end of the year. Um, okay. I'm going to put out the best of the D&D years from all the stuff I put out. And I can't I even about, imagine what's going to be on that. I mean, I have, <laughs> about six, I have about six. I have a Smith & Wesson song with Jane Doe. I have a Planet Asia song with Jane Doe. I have a Black Thought Quali song with Jane Doe. Man. Um, I was doing a lot with Jane. That's None of that stuff came out. I, that's that's all going to be on there. I got a Rod Digger song with Punch of Words. Wow. I got a couple Punch of Words songs unreleased. I think that might be it, man. That's awful lot of unreleased stuff. Plus, I'm gonna put all the other stuff out. But, but I, I'm really I'm doing that just because the music needs to be around. You know, yeah. it, it's again, this is I, I, I'm not getting rich off of streams. I don't know if you've seen that meme that they have with Spotify, where it's like 100,000 streams and it's like a half a penny. <laughs> I saw somebody posted that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah, it's pretty red. It's pretty, you know. What are you gonna do? But, Shout out to Spotify but, for t- yeah. taking the the artist play. I don't even have to no say. Kidding. I mean this this podcast I'm doing is on there, but I don't make any money, so whatever. But for you guys, yeah, I, I think I, th- I think the Lachey show is on there too. I do I do a podcast every Sunday with Lachey. Um, really, I just I'm actually being pretty reserved today. I usually say even more outlandish shit. When yeah, I'm it's on, late at night, and you're being it. like laid back. I must it must be the wrong time of day. You must be more. No, like... I'm good. I'm good. I'm still, I mean, I'm still saying outlandish things. I mean, I'm not dissing anybody. Directly, but but yeah, you know, but yeah, I mean, I go in on the Kardashians, Jada Pinkett, and all of them. Really? Big, yeah, not a big fan of any of those, of course. But but uh, yeah, everything. <laughs> what did you just call those? Yeah, I, I, that wasn't nice. I heard you. No, don't worry about it. It's infinite banter, man. You can say whatever you want. It's not for the children, but if children listen, you're welcome to listen. But uh, well, I'm glad you. I'm actually very glad that you listen to the EP. I mean, I don't. I don't even need you to like it. It's just you know when you listen to it, it's always good. Because I've had a couple interviews with people didn't even listen to it i was like get the fuck man. out of here are you serious yeah, it's, seven, it's 17 minutes long man yeah, I, mean, I mean come on man you do, could listen to it on your lunch break i mean it's really not yeah, do, that... you, do, you, yeah, do your due diligence <laughs> be like come on man no my man jerry podcast. sent it to me and i saw master ace i'm like sold i don't even need to know what else is on here and then of course yeah, and i actually i i actually pimped every one of those guest appearances to try and like like i really like and they had no problem doing it for me which was dope but it's like you know and anything i need like i was going to do a video i was going to do a video for the still friend song with ace and then i started doing the math and i was like hmm, i need like a million streams to pay for a video so i was like no i'm good nah that's cool so, hey man another ep but, but is they dope. were all down to help yeah, yeah they were all down to help man. before i let you slide man you said you had some D uh possible stories if you want to throw one out there you know well we mentioned freddie fox and his money once. oh man um, we played dice up there just about every night and we played CeeLo, three dice CeeLo, and and Panty from MYGs, who does the show with with Premier. Shout out to Panty, I love that guy. He um he and I were just degenerate gamblers, so <laughs> so so we would always sucker everybody else in to come and play dice with us. So Preem would always play with us. Eddie Sancho would play with us. Um, Afu Ra would play with us. Um, whoever came in, ladies from MOP would play with us. Dan's would play with us. That's crazy. Freddie Fox would play with us. So one night, one night I was absolutely on fire, and I had the bank in CeeLo, which means you kind of you, you're they're you're they're placing bets against you, right? 
and I rolled six winners in a row. Now, these were these were big games. Freddie Fox was at the table, Afu was at the table, Preem was at the table, Sancho was at the table, and Lades was at the table, and Panchi was at the table. Now, there's some real gamblers and some real heavy money there. So I I would say, well, I I will see when you roll CeeLo, you can clean your bank out. So if there's three thousand dollars in your bank and you roll CeeLo, you could take twenty nine hundred out and leave a hundred if you want. So I rolled six trips CeeLo. I cleaned out my bank. Six trips CeeLo cleaned out my bank again, and I was up about seven thousand dollars. Jeez. Now that was a pretty precarious situation to be in because <laughs> here we go. Take about twenty. Take about twenty five hundred off the of Freddie Fox. Yeah. But 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 I I was you know we were all family man and it, it was really cool like and that's when you give what they call walk money like you know you just give people like hey man I, I ain't mean to take all your money here here's a few hundred dollars back you know and and so so I made sure to give everybody heavy doses of walk money but that was they they hated me after that night Uh-oh. they all hated me. I get I went and got I went and got my studio bill. There was um, Gordon, Gordon, Gordon um, Franklin was actually Preem's assistant for years and years. And he was playing. He was a degenerate, too. Shout out to Gordon. And <laughs> and he um, <laughs> and he um, I went and got my studio bill from the studio manager and handed it to him and told him to pay it. Oh. So, yeah. So I was, I was pretty cocky, man. Was pretty now, cocky. How did that go? <laughs> it was cool. He paid it. I mean, okay, it, it's, right. you know, it was, it was, you know what they say? It's a honor among thieves or whatever. It's like, you know, you lose, you pay. And, and, and it was always it was always good like that now one night me and panchi were up there waiting for some sucker to come in and sometimes we pretend i didn't know how to play that was always a fun hustle too. Oh, you doing like the white men can't jump with the yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. And it was like and you know we tried and i have a tattoo on my arm actually my right shoulder it's got a four five six on it and pay me underneath it and we and after a while they were like nah you're that white dude with the tattoo i ain't falling for this <laughs> but but one night bink um uh, an amazing producer um a lot of he did lights camera action with uh um mr cheeks he did a lot of uh lost boy stuff um he did one 900 hustler with jay-z he did a couple tracks on the blueprint album he came up there and me and pants were like oh boy new me and he got us for about 2500 dollars in 10 minutes I, I, and and it's funny because I did I did another interview on IG Live and he actually punched into the video. It was like, hey, you want to play dice? So so, so it was pretty funny because you know he like he told the story at the same time and he told his version. I told my version. He said, dude, I just came up there to introduce my nephew to premiere, and the next thing I knew, um, you guys are losing all your money. I was like, wow, that's foul, man. That's foul. So did he give but you some walk around money afterwards, or did he just take I, off? I I, I I I didn't take that ever. I I, I, <laughs> I had I had a rule that fuck it, if I lost, I lost. But yeah, he got he got me good one night, man. But the fun part to D and D had a Christmas party every year, and that was ridiculous. Every year, everybody like everybody show up. Like you walk around a corner and bump into Just Ice by mistake, you know, a Method Man down the hall, and it was like, wow, this is crazy, man. Like like the D and D Christmas parties were fun. I I miss D and D. Um, that, that was a lot of fun up there, man. It, it, it was almost like my office. Like, oh, just meet me at D and D. Even if I didn't have a session, I would just meet somebody there, you know, talk about another project or something like that. It was really a dope time. Man, I remember I had Michael Myers on here, and he was talking about D and D and Freddie Fox and everything. So yeah, just yeah, Michael Myers was dope, man. Michael Michael, Michael Myers was dope. He, I, I remember him. I, I, he was on BlackBerry, right? Or ABB. One of yeah, them. both of them, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, he, the stories I've heard about D and D, man, it's you know, it's up there with Chung King is you know some of the great great places that great music was made and stories are being D&D, told. D and D, D and D had um, Dutch Masters in the vending machine. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's a true story. That's a true story. They were actually wow. Dutch Masters in the vending machine, so you could get M and M's, Cheez Its, or Dutch Masters. I mean, that's isn't that how it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> it's the yeah, trilogy it's, right it's, there. It's, man. Yeah, that was a, that was. You know, there was one night Snoop was up there. And from what I understand, I didn't go up there that night. From what I understand, first of all, there's security downstairs to make sure nobody up, nobody got up there. That's when that was at the height of Suge beat. And um, from what I understand, like, Preem told him, Look, dude, we can't smoke anymore. We, 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 we just can't. I can't function at this point. And <laughs> so, 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 so to get Preem to tell you that, that was pretty impressive. But yeah, that was, um, that those are those are those are cool. That was the first time I ever heard of Pro Tools. Um, Preem was working on something with Craig David, a uh, remix with Craig David from England, and Craig David never left his hotel room. He uh, he sent the session to Preem. He basically did what we do now in like 2000. Wow, I thought that was yeah. He did it all in his hotel room. Now everybody does that. Trying to think, was that Fill Me In? Was that that was a big hit? Maybe he had a remix. Yeah, of that or yeah. Fill Me. He had another one. He had another one too. Craig David was pretty good. He, he's, I don't. There's some of those English dudes. They come in for one or two hits, and that's it. Like Jonathan Butler was like that too. That he had a live song. He was yeah. a jazz guitarist though. But yeah, you don't you don't really. They kind they kind of come over and they hit for one or two, and then that's it. Even Rick Astley. I I, I mean. You know, he, he had monster songs that he never heard from him again. Man, in the 80s, it was full of those kind of groups. I mean, as a kid, I yeah, didn't know exactly. that they were British until they started talking in interviews. I'm like, yo. Exactly. I didn't know Rick Astley was white after I heard him sing. They said he was white. So you got to be fucking kidding me. That guy's voice is crazy. Man, yeah. And, of course, you talk about all the, you know, jive, you know, and all the, the music that was done over there as well. Yeah. All those artists, you know. Yeah, what's, yeah, absolutely. What's my man's name? Uh, they got the science song. What's what's that guy's name? He did, he did a lot of production. I'm oh, drawing. Thomas Dolby. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas Dolby. Yeah, yeah. Howard Jones. There was there was a lot. There was a lot of funky white guys over there. Howard Jones was another one. The um, you know, you know, um, they used to say Steve Winwood. Everyone thought Steve Winwood was black when they first heard him sing. Oh man, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, Steve Winwood. And he goes back. Yeah. He was with a group back in the seventies. Man for man, man for man, and then he was with um, he was with Traffic. Traffic. That's what I'm thinking of, too. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dear Mr. Fantasy. Yeah, he's, he, they always start. They were like, "This white guy sounds like Ray Charles." It's like, pretty interesting. <laughs> I I Dude, bugged they, out when uh, what's the uh, uh, Groovin? I didn't know those dudes were white. Uh, what what are they called the the Rascals? Yeah, I remember I yeah. bought the album and I was like, "Whoa, these dudes, these cats are white." I had no idea. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, you know, Steve Winwood, Ginger Baker, and and Clapton when they formed Blind Faith. Um, they called it Blind Faith because the record label gave them a deal with no demo. They just said the name. They said the names of the people in the group, and they gave them like a million dollars. That's crazy. They're like, oh, let, let's just call it Blind Faith, and they're like, okay, that's a good name. <laughs> that fits for what they did, <laughs> yeah. there, man. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was. I thought that was a pretty funny story. Yo, man, that's that's dope, dude. Man, JF, salute for coming on the Infinite Banter podcast. Let heads know out there how they could follow you and catch your podcast too. Uh, get the EP. Just keep up with everything you're up to, man. I'm um I, I'm on the Lachey Show every Sunday. That's on um Twitter Live, um and Facebook Live. I think it's on the Master Ace Facebook fan page live. Um, I do that every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I'm on IG Real J A Y E F. I have djjf.com. Um, and you can get my record, my EP at Fat Beach. You can buy the CD. You can stream it. Whatever you want to do, it's on all platforms. And um, I have 
the Wordsworth album coming out, I think September 1st. And then I have a, a Planet Asia record coming out on a November 1st. Check them out. They'll be dope just like the last one, I hope. And if you need some walk around money, make sure you find this dude somewhere in an alleyway, you know, uh, <laughs> rolling some dice with Ashy Larry or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If you need, if you need walking around money, you, you, good luck. <laughs> it's going to go all the, way, all the way around on you. <laughs> Ashy Larry, that was a great skit, man. That was really a great one skit. One of the all-time greats. Uh, Chappelle, yeah. yeah, one of my favorite skits they ever did. When uh, I yeah, think the Chappelle character went to go take out the garbage or something. And he was yeah. down there playing yeah, when, craps. <laughs> when the dude... The dude, he blew in his hand and all the powder came out. It was great, man. That was a great, that was a great, great, that was a great, great. That was Ashy a great Larry. Skit, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones that he did that wasn't a, a Charlie Murphy. Yeah, because, of course, with the Rick James and then the Prince, those are the two yeah, all-time great just, those ones. Those are just killers, man. Those are killer fucking things. Man. And to find out those are like 98% true or more, it's just yeah, like I'm crazy. Sure, I'm sure. And, and I'm Prince, sure they left a lot out. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Prince can ball. He really can. That's crazy, that's man. That's funny. Man, JF, man, salute for coming on here. The EP is just straight fire emoji. You know how it is, man. Six bangers. Everybody listening, go cop it. Check it out. You hear a couple songs here in the podcast, man. An honor Thank to talk you. to you, dude, man. It, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man, that was really cool talking to JF. I haven't had a chance to talk to too many people that are turntablists or DJs in this in this game. So it's really cool to get his insight on how things have changed over the years and what, what it's like to do that. You always hear from MCs and such, even producers, but it's very rare to get a chance to talk to somebody like that. So I really appreciate his time. And definitely, if you have not heard this EP, you need to go cop it, go check it out. Believe It or Not is the EP from JF. Lots of great features on here. Here's one that, you know, one of my favorite MCs right here from the West Coast. Straight Fire right here. This is with Planet Asia. Stages of Asia from the Believe It or Not EP JF here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Yeah, this for all the DJs right here, man. Get busy, get busy with this one right here, man. Yeah, my man JF. What's good? Nobody gets hurt. Round table platters of fish. Fresh silent, silent henchman. Tuxedo killers holding blicks. Known for taking shit. Fucking Yankee, we Jamaican lit. Dance all queens, diamond nugget rings. Taking flicks, chisel to the core while rehearsing these bangers. On the cell, corresponding with my personal trainer. It's all big league. You're dealing with a Don. And I'ma get millions. Niggas can be all in their feelings if they want. The globe will continue to spin. My strenuous pen is heavy. Cause thoughts come with plenty of sin. Post traumatic. Straight out the mud. What it is. This is what it was Back rubs daily in my bathtub The numbers I'm doing can start a math club Clowns get clapped up whenever they act up Facts, bruh, man, of my stature forever backed up By death angels and crooks from all walks of life and fashion Gladiator school, hide glass jaws The doom squads in the room, God Stash your sound frequencies from the lab It's known to cause seizures Stages of Asia made for all seasons Crime round professional testing Any grown man or adolescent Don't want to go against the seven Vigilant pirate, the thug, and the gentleman JF threw me the alley-oop on the food I put the venom in his hip-hop at his finest Satellite, late-night, mid-show radio with the science From Cali to NY, you know my style I get around with the wolves on the move And I've been fly from the beginning I made my presence felt Now I'm the most influential Cali native rep Crown the underground king like Pippin' 
fun, it's the one The shit that you play when you get your gun It's high level, top tier, punch you in the face Rap, dirty studio, blunt roaches smoking We take naps, and wake up to the illest recording You feel it, you bought it, this is the fortune They can't audit, gladiator school Hide your glass jaws, the doom squads in the room God, stash your sound frequencies from the lab It's known to cause seizures Stages of Asia made for all seasons Nobody move Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt. Just come, got Diego, and you're now listening to Infinite Banner Podcast with DJ Soundwave. Let's go. I had mentioned earlier that I finally saw a movie. And it has been, I'm trying to remember what the month was. The last movie I saw was the Sonic movie, Sonic the Hedgehog, the video game guy. And I'm not like this big fan or anything. I I just went because my nephew wanted to go. So we went, I want to say it was like February 2020. So Black Widow came out and it's been meant to come out for over a year I mean, this is supposed to be one of the big blockbusters of 2020 and obviously never happened. So there's been a delay and, you know, a lot of movies have been delayed and for good reason. I mean, you're not going to put a movie out in the theater when nobody's going to go. You're not going to get quite the bang for your buck as a as a film company. So a lot of them have been on streaming services and such. And I'm not even sure Black Widow was on a streaming service. Maybe it was and you could have seen it already. I don't know. But it came out and you know what? We're like, let's go. I'm vaccinated. Let's go to the movie theater. Let's wipe down the seats. Let's make sure everything's good. Sit in the front. That was my that was the main thing I want to do. It was like, let's sit where nobody ever sits in the damn front. Everybody sits in the middle area, in the back area. I don't want to sit anywhere. I don't like sitting by anybody anyway. If you want to go back, I, I remember what episode it was. Way early when I started doing this podcast, I, I had a whole thing about movie theaters and how I prefer to go by myself, to be honest, because going with somebody else is lame. But I'm not going to get into that here. You want to hear it? Go back and listen to it. I think I even brought it back on my episode 30 best of. So go back and check it out. I, I, I encourage you to do that. Give me some more clicks on these other episodes. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we went and uh, wanted to make sure we sat somewhere where nobody was was sitting. I don't want to be around other people, and I definitely don't want to sit where somebody was before. And, you know, I'm not trying to get this COVID. So we wiped on the seats, got our popcorn, sat down and watched the movie that, I don't know, man, I, I didn't have excitement for this thing. And it's not because it was delayed. It's just, spoiler, <laughs> Black Widow's dead in the movies. She dies in Endgame. So this movie was before Endgame. As a matter of fact, as far as the timeline goes, other than the beginning of the movie where it's when she's a kid, it's basically from Civil War, the Captain America flick, to Infinity War. So it's in between that time frame. You know, and I, I don't know if that's a story we ever needed to hear or needed to know, needed to watch. But I'm not mad because, I, you know, I like Black Widow. I like Scarlett Johansson. I'm, I was at least interested enough to see it. And because I wanted to get out the house, I'm down for it. Uh, it's okay. I mean, if you just like um, like a James Bond type flick without, I don't know, without the same like comedic value as a Bond movie might have or the same like uh, stakes are high type flick. I mean, I I really couldn't get into half of it because I didn't know why they were fighting most of the time. It it wasn't really set up that well, at least in my opinion. But I, you know, I do like the white suits. I do like the look of it. It was definitely fun to see. You know, the action stuff was really cool. And uh, Florence Pugh, I hope I'm saying her right, who plays the sister, she is the true star of this movie. She steals the film as far as I'm concerned. I wanted more of her 
and less of uh, Scarlett Johansson. No offense, but well, I'll just go ahead and get to it. Spoiler, spoiler. At the end, you know, the end credits, so definitely stick around. It's after the entire credits are over. There's not one of those, like, middle credit scenes. It's all the way at the end, so you got to stay. If you watch a Disney Plus shows, you get a payoff here because it ties into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, I don't remember her character's name, but the actress who plays Elaine on Seinfeld, she is a character on Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier, and she pops up, and she's telling her, like, hey, you want to go do something? You can go kill the person who is responsible for Black Widow's death. She shows her a picture of Hawkeye, and you know what's on. So I'm assuming we're going to have a Hawkeye show, and part of the storyline will be that she ends up on there as a Black Widow looking to take care of Hawkeye. And of course, you know, Hawkeye didn't do it. He didn't really kill her, but that's pretty interesting. Disney Plus, you know, they, there's some great shows in there. Loki's been great. WandaVision was was really good. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. I love how this is what Marvel does and other franchises don't do a good job of. They tie everything together. So when you watch something, you feel like you're the, there's a payoff because other things are tying into it. It's other movies, other TV shows. So credit and salute to Disney for doing that and from Marvel for keeping you interested. As I said, Black Widow, it's okay. It's got its moments, uh, a lot of action. Sometimes I'm not sure why the action's happening. Some crazy stunts that, you know, just... I will say this about stunts and stuff, is that as a kid, this is why I like older movies, I feel like the stunts seemed more realistic and more probable. And now it's just cars are going through a street and just like everything around it is exploding and falling and, you know, everybody gets out the car and there's not even a scratch on them. I mean, I know it's a movie. I know it's supposed to uh, da, 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 whatever, but it just felt like some of the old car chases back in the day just were a little more. There's more build up to them, and there's more, more substance. It just feels like now it's just look what we can do with CGI and special effects. So whatever. If you like Bond movies, you'll like Black Widow. If you're looking for some superhero stuff, you're not going to really get it necessarily here. I mean, there are some mentions of. Iron Man and Captain America, you know, but there's nothing here that's going to get you excited about the superhero stuff necessarily. So if you want to just get to a movie theater and watch a movie with a bunch of action happening, you could do a lot worse than Black Widow. So go check it out. Like I said, a load of white suits. I mean, Red Guardian is what he's called, Crimson Dynamo, whatever. There's some good stuff in here. It's just not my uh, not my favorite of the Marvel movies. It's not the worst. It's not the best. It's somewhere in the middle. It's definitely not as bad as Thor Dark World or something like that, but it's it's fine. I like Bond flicks, so I can get into it. Yeah, because with Black Widow, you know, there's a lot of action and a lot of stunts and cool things that happen. You know, not a lot of build up towards it. Half the time, I don't know why anybody's fighting when she first sees her sister. They're fighting, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, don't you guys recognize each other? Or why wouldn't you ask, hey, what are you doing in my apartment? You know, it just seems weird like that. And then after like, you know, what felt like an eternity of fighting, they just stop fighting and then they drink some vodka or something. It's just, just bizarre. It, it kind of reminded me of Kill Bill a bit, but the difference was is that Uma Thurman and Vivica Fox's character, they already had a reason to fight. So it was just right off the jump. You knew why, and but they did have a history of being friends. But in this one, it just, it just felt kind of forced. Like, hey, let's have them fight. And there's a lot of action. And then they're just going to stop fighting and then just, drinking vodka together and just say hey how you been I mean, just just weird it, that's not how the buddy stuff is supposed to work like i was talking about with the car chase scenes i mean this is why i don't watch those fast and furious movies which apparently there's like nine of these fucking things never seen one never will watch one it's just a bunch of like hey crash 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 you know fight 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 crash 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 
I, I can't watch that stuff, man. So if I had anything to say about Black Widow, it's like I, there's a lot of great action in it, but a lot of the action doesn't have anything behind it. It just kind of happens. So if you're one of those that just wants action for the sake of action, you will love Black Widow. If you want to know why cars are crashing and why someone's chasing somebody and the payoff is kind of meh, then, you know, you're going to be like me. You're going to kind of be a little unsatisfied. But as I said, there's a lot there's a lot worse things you can watch. So go watch it, whatever. Go spend your $10 and get out the house. I almost forgot. One last thing I wanted to say about Black Widow. There's a guy that helps Black Widow get things. I don't know the guy's name. They don't really do a great job of introducing him. But at the end of the movie... She comes up upon him after all everything's gone on and the the giant floating base is destroyed and everything. She's walking along a road and this dude's sleeping on the grass. You know, okay, whatever, fine. He sleeps in the grass. This is just what he does, I guess. And then, you know, the next shot is the Quinjet is there. He got her that ship. And all I could say to my nephew was, was like, why is he sleeping in the grass when he could be sleeping in the Quinjet? It's got to be nicer in there. There's probably a bed, a pillow. Why is he in the grass next to dirt and bugs and things? It's just, it was very bizarre how it was set up. And, you know, again, they didn't explain who the guy was. I guess he was the Q of the Black Widow's world. He was the guy who would get her things that she needed, gadgets and stuff. But it was just weird. Like, Get out of the grass, dude. Get inside, take a bath, you know, get some coffee, get in that Quinjet. It's probably a lot nicer in there than sleeping on the grass. It's just very bizarre. But, hey, this is uh, this is the movie. So, <laughs> As I said, there's a lot worse you can do. Go spend your $10, help the uh, movie industry, and go see a movie. And this one's probably the best one that's out there right now. So go check it out. Black Widow. Watch a guy sleep in the grass when he's got the greatest jet of all time just a few feet away from him. Black Widow. Uh, Go to a movie theater if you're feeling like you can and because you're going to be clean and safe. Otherwise, <laughs> wait to see it. I think it's on Disney Plus Premiere or something. You check it out there. Hey, this is Josh Michael of Walking Dead fame. You don't know who I am. You're listening to Infinite Banter. Make sure you check out the Have You Seen It podcast. Have you ever wondered what shows are like in foreign countries, but the language barriers what stopped you from giving them a chance? My name's Maggie, and I host the podcast, Have You Seen It?, where I talk about TV shows from countries all around the world. If you're like me, you spend more time on Netflix looking for something to watch than actually watching something. So if you don't want to spend time scrolling through Netflix or even Hulu, check out my podcast for some show suggestions. I talk about the plots, tell you who the cast is, what I liked and what I didn't like about the shows, and I also throw in some fun facts about each country, tell you where in the world the show takes place, how close they are to any other shows that I've already covered, mention any cultural differences or similarities that I noticed, and my favorite part are the words and phrases that I picked up while watching these shows. You can check out Have You Seen It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and most other places you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-H-Y-S-I. And make sure to like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. Let me help you find your new favorite show. Yo, it's Rap Almighty at a different show, and you're rocking with Effing and Dancing Podcast right now. 
Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that's Kirk Acevedo telling me to get the hell out of here, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, before I do that, real quick, wanted to give a uh, a salute and uh, rest in peace to Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. As a wrestling fan, that's basically when I first started watching wrestling, when he started in the WWF. At the very first WrestleMania, he was the headliner with Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. So it's just, it's tough, man. Another one passes. There's been so many from my childhood and wrestling that have passed in the last few years. And uh, he's another one that's going on. He did get past 70. A lot of them don't get that, to see that age. A lot of them, you know, go well before their 70s. So I guess if there's any kind of silver lining, at least he did get to have a fuller life than most of the other ones. But it's still, still sad to see. So, you know, he had the awesome... Awesome role with the number one Durful on the back. Just classic, man. And uh, what I remember most about him is that when I first started watching wrestling, you know, you thought this stuff was real. I mean, come on now. I was like 10 or 11 years old, so give me a break here. And <laughs> when he turned on Hogan, shit was real, man. I thought that was a real legitimate thing. And that was the first heel turn that I ever was affected by as a kid. I remember thinking like, oh my God, I can't, come on, Paul, what are you doing? You can't turn on Hogan. You guys are pals, right? And how can you be with Bundy and Stud now? This is crazy. So that's like the first time a heel turn really meant something. You know, then of course it set up the big Andre turn a year later. But yeah, that's that's what wrestling is kind of missing a little bit these days is that you don't have the buildup for face or heel turns like you did back then. It was just more like, oh my God, I can't believe it's happening. Rest in peace to Paul Orndorff. Never got to meet him or anything, but definitely a fan. He was just one of them dudes that was just put together like they all were in the 80s. I mean, they were all just ripped. Yeah, he was just one of the all-time uh, greats, and for that era, you know, he definitely stood out. So, uh, rest in peace to Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. I believe Action Bronson's album, which is also titled Mr. Wonderful, it, it's got to be paying homage to him. I'm sure it is. I did also see online that, and this is just depressing and just hard to believe, but it's true, um, Hogan, for the first six WrestleManias, all of his opponents are now passed on. So in WrestleMania 1, it was a tag team match with him and Mr. T, but in that match, it was against Piper and Orndorff. And then in WrestleMania 2, it was against King Kong Bundy, who passed away about a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. WrestleMania 3 was Andre, and then he had Andre again in WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 5 was against Macho Man. You know, the Mega Powers exploded. Oh, yeah. You've got eyes of lust for Elizabeth. And then at WrestleMania 6, it was Ultimate Warrior when, you know, he was IC champ and Hogan was champ. And the, the two faces went uh, at it. They were trying to give Ultimate Warrior that next pass the torch kind of say, you know, here, you're going to be the next guy. So all those opponents have passed on. It's just it's just crazy to think about, man. These guys just put their bodies through so much and just not, not, not many of them made it past 50 years old. It's just it's depressing a bit. And as a wrestling fan, it's just sad to see. Every time I put on an old wrestling match, you know, more times than not, most of the participants are not alive anymore. So, again, rest in peace to Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. All right, that's it for the show. Once again, big up to JF for coming on. Definitely go check out his EP, Believe It or Not. Some real bangers on there. We're going to play one more before we get out of here. This one here is called Nighttime featuring Torre. And uh, this might be my favorite song on the album. As I said, I mentioned it to JF. This is just a real banger. Love this record right here. And Torre, of course, is just one of the one of the beasts in the game. So that's it for the show. You can follow the show on all social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, find clips from past guests, things of that nature. Go on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser to rate and review the show and to listen to it. 
and you can listen to it on all streaming platforms. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Go see Black Widow if you want to get out of the house. But if you're looking for something that's bigger and deafer than the last Marvel movie you saw, uh, it might be a letdown. But it's not, it's not bad. It's just whatever. It's just, it's just there. It's a movie that happens. I don't know if it was necessarily needed. It feels like it's too late. Could have had it a lot earlier in the franchises, but it's fine. They gave her her, her send-off, so there you go. Black Widow. Yippee. And I had mentioned it before. I will get around to watching this Indiana Jones uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever the heck it's called. (laughs) I'm going to try and watch it and talk about it on the next episode. We'll see how that goes. Sometimes my two-year-old takes control and what I planned on doing gets, uh, you know, gets canceled. So we'll see what happens. Gets postponed. So I'll try and uh, check it out and uh, put myself through some torment and torture for the next episode. But that's it. Once again, thanks to JF. Check out his new EP, Believe It or Not. This is him with Torre Nighttime on the Infinite Banter Podcast. And until I do another one of these, I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. What we live is what you read about. What we live is what you read about. What we live is what you read about. Look, things come alive in the nighttime. That's when I scribe, when I write rhymes. More than lyrics to me, these is lifelines. Sign of the times, if you through my optical. Struggle was mandatory, hustle was optional. Emptied the whole clip with the cops to do. And never be around what your pops to do. Rat race, I'm just running through the obstacles. She went looking for love, ended up as a. As a Black business owner from off the corner Chill moody beverage, I never copped the corona I was distant before the virus corona Public figure, private persona School of hard knocks from my block You can't get a diploma They put you on a 6 by 8 cell or a coma Misled, miseducation, misnomers Check day on the first, scheming on Miss Sonya In the nighttime. Night 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 Siren sounded, music pound, cars impounded. Theories and theses is unfounded. Unascertained terrain, shit is astounding. Public enemies and public housing. That man living out of the crate should have been great. He once had a dream of governing in the state. Got caught up in the bottle when just couldn't escape. That falling down, busting his face is only no rims on the basketball court. Fuck did you thought? Job interview schedule, same time as court, choose wisely. Cadillacs playing the Osleys. Rolled another Dutch with something to make your eyes bleed. Pack of gum and some Visine. Trying to keep it low, parental advisories. Wise man telling fables, trying to hot box the cable. Three legs on your kitchen table, shit you see in the nighttime. What we live is what you read about. What we live is what you read about. Things come alive in the nighttime, the nighttime, the nighttime. Things come alive in the nighttime. Things come alive in the nighttime, the nighttime, the nighttime. Things come alive in the nighttime. Things come alive in the nighttime. Being on the infinite banner. With my man Mark has been a pleasure.